Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. There you go. Sweet. Uh, Thank you, sir. Yeah, there are some that um, have the the built-in tact from the Lord and what to say and what to do, and there are others that are still learning. Um, And so we appreciate everyone for for their loving grace in that. Um, And we appreciate you worshiping with us and for uh, continuing to just seek the Lord through, um, through life. It's a beautiful thing to be able to do that, and we are just so honored to to do that, and so honored to be able to, to come together and worship the Lord, um, to hear his word, right, to do what it was said of in Acts chapter 2, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, and to the prayers, that they were committed to coming together and working together and fellowshipping together and breaking bread together, and so as we continue to celebrate today what God has done in our lives, let's, let's do so by uh, just connecting to his word and what uh, his word has for us today. I um, want to make a couple of announcements to you before we get into our message this morning. Um, we will not be having Bible study this Wednesday. Uh, we have a group coming in. Um, it's the uh, uh, continuing, uh, uh, Pastor Jen, you might need to help me. It's the continuing. Right. So it's a group of bishops from all over the world. Um, we've got bishops from India, bishops from um, South Sudan, Pakistan, uh, Canada, some from England. Uh, we've got some, for, so it's going to be like close to 50 to 60 bishops from all over the world. Um, they're going to be coming from countries that uh, don't necessarily have the freedoms that we have to share the gospel. And so they're, we're hosting the event for them to be able to have a space to meet because um, they're primarily from all over the, the world. And so they're going to be here uh, and gathering Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, Bishop Robert, uh, who is based out of Florida, uh, is going to be sharing the message with us next Sunday. And so uh, he is, uh, I've never met him yet, but he seems like a cool dude. Um, but um, he's uh, committed to, to sharing the word um, next week. And so uh, we won't be having uh, Bible study Wednesday, but I just want to give you guys insight as to what our church is connecting with, right? So I shared it, I think, Wednesday, um, that <clears throat> part of the process of them gathering all the bishops here is that they want it to be a place for them to come, get resources, and then be sent out, right? And so if you're unfamiliar with the Jesus film, uh, it, was, it was probably put together about 20 years ago, and it primarily is used to go into countries uh, where people haven't heard the gospel, and they have crafted it to, um, to relate to their, to their language, right? And so it, it's a story about Jesus. And so... Uh, they delivered boxes to us to us from from all over the world. So there were ten boxes that were were sent, and so each of those boxes has a different language, a different country, a different place that uh, they're going to be sending that that out with when they go. And so to me, it's such a wonderful thing. I was crying as I was lifting the boxes for a number of reasons, but but one of the reasons was that our church is in some way helping 
uh, to provide a space for people to go uh, from here to back to, to their country to be able to, to spread the gospel with, with resources. And so I was just thinking about the lives that were going to be touched um, by watching that film all over the world. Um, and that's just a beautiful thing to be a part of, right? I think many times we get caught up on all kinds of silliness. Um, and we miss out on the fact that the kingdom of God is much bigger than we think. Um, and so to be able to, to just partner with that, right now they're sitting in an office somewhere, but to think that from that little space they're going to be able to go all over the world, um, it's a profound thing to think about. And so if you could just be in prayer next week for that, um, for what God is uh, going to be able to do here, um, and then we'll just continue to, with our normal daily Bible studies that we do, we just won't be having in-person Bible study Wednesday. Uh, and so um, everything else will still be uh, as, as on schedule. But um, we want to get into um, the last uh, stage of our Out of Place series. If you guys have been faithful to uh, be with us these last couple of weeks, you know we've gone through the seven experiences that every believer goes through, the seven mistakes that we're tempted to make. Uh, today we're going to be going through um, some more. And so I just want us to pray this morning before we get into God's Word because we're going to be talking about prayer today and how uh, Jesus showed us how to pray uh, and how the early church received that and how they uh, participated in that and how uh, we have an opportunity to connect to those truths today. And so can we just pray today before we get into God's Word that He would just continue to to lead us and guide us and continue to order our steps today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege to come here and to connect with you. But we believe that your word has been established for our inspiration, God, for our relief, Lord, for our conviction, for our good, Lord. So I pray that you would illuminate your truth to us today, that you'd help us to, 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 to learn from it today, Lord. And as we would do that, Lord, help us to mark it, to inwardly digest it, to focus our hearts on it today so that we can be changed and renewed and your Holy Spirit would come in and breathe life into us, Lord, today. God, we thank you today for that. And we love you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't been with us through this Out of Place series, it starts with us understanding the month that we're in. We are in the month of September. It's the ninth month on our calendar, but it's actually, the word September means seven. So the month itself is out of place. And we're using that as a way of challenging our thinking about times where we are out of place and where we need to be. And prayer is one of those things that at times helps us to get back into alignment, to get back into order, to get back into the place where we need to be. And so prayer has always been that way for God's people. It's why when they would make the pilgrimage to the temple, they would sing the same songs every year because it was getting them back into the mindset that they needed to get in before they went to the place where God's presence was. And so those prayers have always been important. And so when we see the early church taking shape in the book of Acts and throughout uh, the Bible, as we see the Gospels unfolding this truth, we see the same concept being displayed. And so prayer is important, and we're going to look at the seven requests of the Lord's Prayer today. We're going to look at the seven requests in the Lord's Prayer today. We're going to look at the fact that in these seven requests, we can learn about how God wants to take something as simple as uh, an orchestrated list of things that he recommends for his people to pray and that the early church understood to be something that they would pray and how we can, that can help get us back into alignment, get us back where we need to go. So there are three instances in the first century, right? The first century is uh, where we see the biblical narrative taking place, where we see the gospels being written, where we see many of the epistles being written, and where we see a lot of the historical data 
uh, that's, that everything was built on in the third and fourth century, right? We see all that happening in the first century before it was necessarily uh, put into to formal practice. But in the first century, there are three areas that are considered inspired areas where the Lord's Prayer is written. We see it in Luke's gospel, we see it in Matthew's gospel, and then we see it in the uh, writings of the apostles, right? The Didache, right? Which is a mid to late first century document that even Eusebius himself said was inspired, right? And it's, it's something that no one really knows who the author is, but that document has been around and it has affirmed in form of instruction many believers on what they should do prior to even things being canonized in scripture, right? So the Bible wasn't even fully canonized until uh, almost the end of the, of the fourth century. And so uh, we, see, we see a lot of things happening uh, around 390 some uh, AD where we see the Bible actually uh, being fully agreed upon all these things. So there was, a, there was a long time between people knowing what was right, what was wrong, and, and there were a lot of churches, and we talked last week, that would kind of want to do their own thing, and there was really not as much order in those types of things. And so as they began to establish order within the churches, uh, they were consistent in challenging uh, each one to remain faithful in doing what uh, the Lord had placed before them. And so what I'd like us to do today is in understanding the importance of prayer, I'm going to give you an objective today, and I hope that when we leave here, that objective will be met. I want you to walk out of here today when we're done, and I want you to understand that what we say with our mouths and what we mean in our hearts matter. It doesn't matter if it's written down or if we feel like that we just, words are flowing in our mouths. Because there are times we say things that are written down that we mean them with our hearts and we mean them with everything. I imagine if you have ever been to a, a wedding and you have heard the officiant exchange the, the ceremonial vows or when you have heard them go through the process of articulating specific truths, not specific truths, specific truths within the text that usually you see within a wedding ceremony, that they're very similar words and statements and phrases that have been consistent throughout many of our marriage ceremonies. Now, there may be some differences. But one thing we know about those marriage vows or that marriage ceremony is that when the individuals say those words that have been written down for them to repeat, they know what those words are going to say. They don't go, man, this doesn't mean anything to me because I'm just reading something that somebody else has said. I, I want to say something that, that means something. And there, so some people have taken certain elements and they want to put their own words into it. But there are certain things that we know are pretty consistent in most wedding ceremonies. And we don't think to ourselves, man, people say the same thing every ceremony. And I just don't think it means anything. It means something to the people that are saying it. Because they're saying it with their heart, right? And so the last thing I want for us is to walk out of here and miss that point. That just because uh, we have prayers that have been prayed, and just because we have things that have been, that have been written down for us, and particularly with the Lord's Prayer that is in, <clears throat> in the Bible, that we shouldn't disregard it because we don't think it measures up to uh, uh, the, the feelings that we would get when we would just say things that whatever came to us. Right? Because there's a, there's a twofold thing. Have you ever written something down that was real important, that you wanted to make sure that you got it all right. Most of us have done that, right? There's something beautiful about us connecting that. And so I want you guys to know today when you leave out of here that prayer has a way of 
bringing us back into alignment. And that's what the church understood it to be. And so the prayers were specific. And that's what Jesus was revealing to us. And so the seven requests in the Lord's Prayer, we're going to read through Matthew chapter 6. And the requests are highlighted in yellow. And then afterwards, we're going to break them down for a few moments here this morning. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus says, So pray this way, our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come, may your will be done as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts or our, our trespasses, our sins, as we have ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some translations uh, and some manuscripts go back and forth about what most of us are familiar hearing at the end of that prayer. Um, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory for an ever and ever and amen. Those are things that we uh, have heard, but there are some discrepancies on whether or not that is there. But traditionally, that phrase is there when that prayer ends. But here's what I want to do. I want to take seven requests that are made. And we want to pause briefly for uh, commercial. Uh, I'm just kidding. God's calling. Yeah, what's that? Jesus on the main line now. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Yeah. I was in a service one time, and uh, someone's phone went off, and it was like the Who Let the Dogs Out song. And then they couldn't stop it. It was like, who let the dogs out? And the whole time, it's like, whoo, whoo. Everybody's like, how do you recover from that, right? So, so it happens, right? Things happen. No big deal. One of the things that we know in Scripture uh, that the Bible reveals to us is that the, the prayer that the Lord said, when you pray, pray like this. There have been some that have said, well, that doesn't mean uh, anything specific. It just means that you should kind of just have the general idea, and it just kind of gives you a guideline, right? And there are some that have written articles and have written books on that very point. Uh, the problem with that perspective is, is that's just not what the historical church understood. It's just not what they understood. So uh, you have a conflict there. Either you reject what the historical church uh, believed and wrote about, uh, or you have to um, humble yourself in the fact that we might be connecting or trying to make something different than what the church actually believed that it would, it would be, right? So out of these seven questions, these seven requests that we see in the Lord's Prayer, I want us to see how if we can understand them, and we would get to the point of connecting to those truths in our lives, how we can see how God wants to use prayers like this to bring us back into alignment, to bring our hearts back into the right place, to bring our lives back into the right place. Because sometimes, in as much as uh, our experiences and the temptation to make mistakes and mistakes we make that make us feel out of place. Sometimes in life, uh, we feel out of place. We feel out of sorts. We feel like things aren't working out the way that they should, or our feelings are a certain way about a certain thing. But if we understand the Lord uh, in his word, I believe that we can be encouraged today by that. So number one, we see the point that was given to us. It says, may your name be honored. May your name be honored. One of the things that we see that that does for us, if we remind ourselves about this truth, if we understand what these words mean for us, it means that we can remind ourselves of our need for you. That we can remind ourselves of our need for you. We can remind ourselves that we need God. Now, oftentimes we think about how we um, live our lives, and we oftentimes think that we need God because 
of a circumstance or a situation, right? So we, we will uh, only rely on him when we're in a crisis. And we've shared before that if that's the only time that we uh, realize our need for God, uh, then we will probably find ourselves in crisis forever uh, because God wants a relationship with us. And so if that's the only time that we ask for him to, uh, to, to move in our lives, then, then he's going to probably keep us in crisis. But we have to recognize something powerful about what these prayers meant. These prayers symbolized a daily relationship with God. It wasn't the experience that you were going for. It was the beauty of being in daily relationship with the Lord. And that's something that's important for us to connect to. What the church understood about these prayers is that they would, they would daily connect them with God. And they would walk through this. And they would, they would follow this pattern. And they would start with reminding themselves of their need for the Lord. You and I need God in our lives every single moment of the day. There isn't a single time in the day when we don't need God. And so us recognizing this request, Lord, may your name be honored. Because I need to remember and remind myself that I need you. I need you in my life. Secondly, we see may your kingdom come. The reason why it's important for us to pray that prayer, may your kingdom come, is so that we might participate. Us understanding that we have been given a great commission. It's not just to honor the Lord and for us to recognize our need for him, but for us to be participators in building the kingdom of God. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, he told the disciples, those that were there, the 500 people that saw him ascend, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. From that 500, about 120 were located in the upper room, and from that moment where we saw on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit being poured out, you began to see the church expand exponentially, and it was expanding because of people going and telling others about Christ. And they were doing so under the power and the authority that was given to them by the Spirit of God. See, when we think about the kingdom of God coming, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he said that the kingdom of God was, was here. The kingdom of God was here now, right? And so he was establishing his authority back on the earth, right? The, the forces of evil and all the rulers of darkness had ruled for so long. And he was again now establishing that the kingdom of God had come. And the kingdom of God was here. And so when we pray, may your kingdom come, we are praying, may it continue to be established. May it continue to reign. May it continue to flourish as it is leading up to the event when you come and set up your throne back on the earth. May your kingdom come. So we have an opportunity to participate in that. We are not supposed to just sit back and, and not do anything about it. And so praying, may your kingdom come, connects us that we might participate. Thirdly, may your will be done reminds us that we might trust the Lord through every circumstance. May your will be done, that we might trust you through every circumstance. When we think about this reality, we have to think about uh, what this means for us. How many of you love praying prayers where you say, may your will be done? Most of us don't like those prayers. Most of us like to say, Lord, do this. Lord, take care of this. Lord, I want, you to, I, want you to, I want you to take this and I want you to do this. Most of us, when, we, when we're praying, we don't, we don't oftentimes go, Lord, whatever happens, I just want your will to be done. And I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to worship you no matter what it is. 
Now, sometimes we struggle with that, right? Sometimes we struggle with, no, I, I, I want God to do this. I need God to do this. I need, I need him to do this. And so our prayers become very much like we are telling God things that we need him to do, and then we hold him accountable on whether or not he does what we want him to do. And so what a prayer like this does for us is it, it reminds us that we need to trust him through every circumstance. Lord, I was praying for a yes, and I got a no. I thought you loved me. Lord, I thought we were going to stay together forever, and now we're not. So what gives? Lord, I thought I was going to pass this, but I failed it. I don't understand why you let this happen. See, it's a challenge sometimes for us to go, Lord, your will be done. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm going to trust you through every circumstance. That's what this reminds us to think about. It reminds us to think about that. That we can trust him through every circumstance. Number four, it says, give us today our daily bread. So some translations will say, give us the food we're going to have for the day or uh, give us this day our daily bread, different, different translations. Um, but the historical church and those that were reading these prayers and understood these, they understood them to be something very important. When they came together, which they met daily, when they came together, they would break bread together in celebration of the memorial of their redemption. They would celebrate by breaking bread together and recognizing that God's grace and God's forgiveness had made it possible for them. And so they were understanding that there was a truth to this that as much as they were sustained by that food, right, that bread and that wine, that cup, that they were sustained by Christ in their hearts who reigns in heaven. And so that's the beauty of understanding what was being said here, that you have provided for us everything we need to be sustained in this life and to be sustained in eternity. And all of that is through Christ. And so when we come together to break bread together, we are doing so in remembrance of him and as we are, we are sustained by those physical, uh, the bread and the cup, we are also sustained by Christ in our hearts. That's what the church understood to believe, and so they would celebrate. It was a celebration every single day to remember what Jesus had done for them. Why is it important for us to fix our eyes on him? Because we have to be sustained by him. I, I didn't fix this slide, if you guys are looking at this. Um, in the first service, the president of the college that I teach at attended, and I had to apologize to her that I misspelled that word. Um, and so she, she gave me uh, grace, and I told her I would fix it before the 11 o'clock service, and I, I did not fix it. So it should say that we might be sustained by you instead of our, uh, be sustained. So the English isn't Englishing very good there, but you guys get the point of what we're trying to say here. The purpose of us understanding the significance of us coming together and us breaking bread together is that we might be sustained by Christ, not just by the physical bread in the, in the cup, but by him in our lives spiritually. And so we do so in remembrance of him. Number five, it says, forgive us of our sins that we might walk in unity with you and with others. One of the beautiful realities that this prayer reminds us of is that it reminds us that we have been forgiven or it or reminds us of things that we need to ask God to forgive us about, but it also reminds us that we are called to forgive others as well. To walk in forgiveness because he has been so gracious to us. You see, you can't connect to these prayers without it bringing you back to the place you need to be, right? 
that you need God, that you have to trust him through every circumstance, that you have to walk in forgiveness, that you're sustained by him. All these things are reminding us where we need to go. When we're out of place, it brings us back to where we need to go. And number six, it says, lead us not into temptation. In, the, in parentheses, it says that we might remember your goodness. You see, the Bible says that uh, God will allow things to happen to us so that he could, at times, purge us, challenge us, maybe prune us a little bit. Those that he loves, he prunes, right? And so this prayer is, is a prayer of recognizing that, Lord, we know that you're good. And we know that you won't lead us down a path that we can't overcome. Because Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth and said that there is no temptation, right, that we have they've given that is not uncommon. That God has given us a way to walk out from under it. That's what he was encouraging the believers in Corinth who were surrounded by sinful activity. He said, there's nothing that you have been tempted by that is uncommon, that I've made a way for you to come out from under to escape it. And so in these moments when we struggle, when we go through difficult times, there are opportunities for us to be reminded of the goodness of God, that he's good to us in these moments. And in his goodness, sometimes he does allow us to go through some hardships. He does allow us to go through some troubles because he's trying to reveal things in us. He's trying to, to, to refine us. He's trying to get us to where we need to go. And we know that he isn't trying to destroy us because of what he accomplished on the cross, which is why this last point, number seven, says deliver us from the evil one, that we can walk in your victory. You see, we can walk in the victory of the Lord because he has defeated all the attempts of the enemy. Calvary and the cross broke the chains of sin and death because of his shed blood and his broken body. We don't have to worry about the effects of sin. And because of his resurrection, we have hope for eternity because he is the first fruits of the resurrection. This life is just temporary. This life just has um, momentary afflictions, light hardships. But none of that compares to the, to the glory that is being displayed in us and through us in those moments. And so why is it important for us to, to think about prayers like this and for us to focus our hearts on them? Because it brings us back to where we need to go where we need to be. It brings us back to relying on the Lord. It brings us back to focusing everything on him. It brings us back to, to walking uh, in humility, knowing that he's called us to, to walk in forgiveness, not just because of us receiving it, but because of uh, our call to, to be together. And so it's not our victory that we're walking in. It's his victory, right? And many people like to think uh, that they uh, can do this or they can do that. And one of the dangers in not having ourselves in the place that we need to be, is sometimes we will uh, think that uh, we can handle this or we can handle this or we can do this or we can do that. And we miss out on that reality that it's not our victory, it's the Lord's victory. So like when you stand in front of the mirror and you begin to affirm yourself about how awesome you are and how incredible you are, if you don't also, while you're doing that, say, I am only this way because of your redemption, because of your power, because of your victory, because of what you have provided for me, because you have created me, you have fearfully and wonderfully made me, because you have done all this. That's why I can say that I am special, I am unique, I am precious. It's not because I have all this stuff innately within me that I have developed because of how awesome I am. 
It is because of Christ in you that has made it possible. He is the one that has made it possible. And so when he delivers us from the evil one, that prayer is a reminder for us that he has made the way for us to walk in his victory, that we can walk today in victory because of him, that we can walk in newness of life because of him. And that's what this does. It brings us back into alignment. So when we pray together, and if you guys have been here in this church for, for um, any amount of time in the last six months to a year, you know that when we get ready to take communion, we often pray the Lord's Prayer together. That's not ritual. That's not us trying to do something because we're trying to put you in some sort of a trance or, or put you in some sort of a hypnosis, hypnotic state. We're trying to connect to the, the, the validity of what that prayer has meant for the church, that it is a time for them to get back into the place where they need to be, to realign themselves back to where they need to be so that we can celebrate and we can break bread together and so that we can go out of these doors and we can be who God's called us to be. And this isn't the only prayer in the world that people pray, but this is a prayer that has historically been used for that purpose. And so we connect to that as a church, and we believe that's important because those words matter. They matter. And so I want us to think about that today as we reflect on these truths, as we think about what God is doing in our lives. I want us to ponder that today. I want us to think about what God is doing in our lives, what he has done. Aiden, if you want to pull up iTunes and just play some that slow, slow worship stuff in the background, man, that'd be awesome. I want us to think about these truths today. And I want us to just kind of focus our hearts on what God is revealing to us today. Can we just take a few moments and us just ponder today on what God is doing and what God has done? And can we just take a few moments for us to reflect on what God is revealing to us today in his word and what this prayer and prayers like this and just prayer to him in general, what it does is it, it doesn't get God's attention. It, 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 God uses it as a time for him to work on us. And so, Lord, we know to you all hearts are open. All desires are known. Lord, no secrets are hid. And so, God, we pray that you would cleanse the thoughts of our hearts today by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that you would continue to move in our lives, that we may perfectly love you, God, that we may worthily magnify your name, that you may continue to be glorified in our lives today. Lord, we know that you have given us the privilege and the opportunity to celebrate today the mystery, Lord. The mystery today. And so we thank you today, Lord, that you would continue to move in our lives. Lord, that you would continue to hear our prayers, that you would continue to draw us to pray, Lord. And Lord, as we ponder today in our lives, we confess today. Lord, there have been times where we have sinned against you in thought, in word, in deed, Lord, by the things we have done, Lord, and the things we have left undone. Lord, we have not always loved you with our whole heart, and we've not loved our neighbor as ourselves, God. And so, Lord, we're truly sorry for that today, and we humbly repent, and we ask, Lord, that you would continue in your grace and your love to provide the continued grace in our lives 
so that we can continue to walk with you, God, and we thank you for that because you do so, God. You are great. You sent your son to die on the cross so that we might be saved, freed from the bondage of sin. And we thank you today, Lord, for that freedom that we have, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have an advocate with the Father, that we can walk in that newness of life. And so, Lord, today we pray that you would help us as a body, as a people, Lord, to celebrate the memorial of our redemption, to celebrate today what you have done for us with these gifts and this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, Lord, that you would continue to be glorified today as we offer you these gifts, Lord, and that you would sanctify them by your word, Lord, and your Holy Spirit to be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that you would sanctify us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit and through your word, God, to be who you've called us to be, to walk in agreement, God, to walk in alignment with what you have called us to do, God, so that as we worthily receive this mystery, God, this sacrament, God, that you have made a way for us to be reconnected with the Father, Lord, that we would do so in remembrance, God. We would do so knowing that Christ is dwelling in us and with us and that we are communing with him and we are communing with all those around the throne, that we are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb and we are continuing to walk in accordance with this relationship for your glory, God, for your glory. And so, Lord, we are bold to pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we don't presume to come down to this table, your table, trusting in our righteousness. Lord, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But Lord, in your abundant love and your great mercies, you have made a way for us. And you gather us up who are not worthy. And you invite us to come down to your table. And so we thank you today for that privilege. We thank you today that we have been given that privilege, Lord. And we thank you for these gifts, the gifts of God for the people of God. Lord, we pray that you would continue to help us to take them in remembrance of Christ, that he died for us and that we would feed on him in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And Christ, we pray that you'd be present today in our lives and reveal your power in a, in, a, in a wonderful way, God, today, just as you were the night you broke it with your disciples. As we break bread today, may, you, may your presence be made known to us, God. Lord, we thank you today for the privilege to come down here. May you continue to move in our lives, God, and continue to, to help us to see, Lord, what you have given us today. And Lord, may we reflect on these truths from your word. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, we thank you today. Would you come? Let's partake together. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that 
brings glory to God. So thank you guys. Take care. <laughs>